Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Welcome to another week of Spirit Katana. I'm your host, the Old Man. I'm Ruby. And I'm Jadefa. And together we are uh, father and children exploring the Word of God and sharpening our swords as we traverse this world until our time to go home comes. Um, once again, I am still suffering from the effects of seasonal allergies, um, so... Hopefully I can be a little more focused, but we'll have to see how it goes. And we are going to go through the last four chapters of Hebrews this week. I have a highlight in verse 8. Oh, it started right off. Okay, let's go. Verse 8. First he said, multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice, even though the law required them to be offered. Why did the law require them to be offered if it was useless? Uh, mine doesn't say useless. Well, I guess mine doesn't say either, but it says, First he said multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice. But then what were they doing with them? Uh, mine says, First he said sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Alright, so, in answer to your question, Ruby, God commanded them to do the sacrifices. That was the law, right? Okay. That's why people did it. It was the law and God said to. It was also a reminder of sins. It was it reminded them that they did have sin in their life that that was you know they needed to fix right they could well not mm -hmm. fix they can't fix it but you know what I mean they they're not perfect they yeah. they need God okay. but this does not fully please God because it doesn't fully atone for those sins right mm -hmm. that's I think what he means why it's, it's not pleasing to you they're useless in a way because. They don't actually bring salvation. Okay. Christ did with his sacrifice. Okay, I see. And, and, and the, the writer here even says that earlier in here that if they did actually atone for sins, then we didn't need to keep coming back year to year to do it. Because they would have already been taken care of. Yep. Okay. So that's what that is. That's my only highlight. Okay. Well, I have a couple... Let's see if they're worth bringing up. I would have a highlight. Go ahead, Jadefire. It's 16 through 17, or more like 15 through 17. Okay. Um, and the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us after, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. 
Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. So, um, 15 and 16, is, I'm, what does it exactly mean, like, it'll, it bears witness? Like. What, sorry, which part exactly? 15? Yeah. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. Oh! Does that make that more clear? Yeah. Okay. And then That's se- what it means to bear witness. Okay. To testify. Okay. And then 17, I will remember their sin, or then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Um, mainly, I just wanted to put that out there that um, the, the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. God, or a.k.a. Jesus, a.k.a. God, um, so, I, basically, like, as long as you ask for forgiveness and trust Jesus with all your heart, um, all your mind, all your strength, all your soul, um, he will, like, he will keep no record of your lawlessness deeds, lawless deeds. Your sin, basically. Yes, yes, sin, sin. He will not keep track of how much sin you have done. That's because it's all washed away. Yeah. If you seek that forgiveness. Correct. Yep. That doesn't mean you won't suffer consequences for it while you're here. Correct. Because God designed the world in a way that usually there's consequences that come from our actions. Good and bad. Depending on what the actions are. Good or bad consequences. I think from last week, um, the old man mentioned something about love for our application. Uh, yeah, it was kind of part of it, I guess, yeah. Um, so, like, even, it's, some people might mistake this verse. Some people might mistake this verse for, um, like, if you love me, you should punish me. Some Some kids, mainly, some kids mainly will take that, like, take that verse in the wrong direction. And not just kids. I said mainly. There's a lot of people that uh, that are not kids, uh, in the legal sense at least, um, that uh, believe that you should not tell them they can't do something because that's not loving. Well, it is. <laughs> like the old man said last week. Well, and again, I think for the best, like our best way of going about it, especially if they're not Christians already, you'd be like, well, this isn't good for you but i'm not going like i can't tell you not to do it necessarily unless it's actually a law and they're trying to kill somebody then you, you go ahead and stop them um but especially if they're christians you're like well if you would say that you believe in god and stuff this is what the bible teaches and so you need to fix this you're doing this wrong this is not okay god said don't do this <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah because with those that aren't Christians, the first thing we should try to do is be like, hey, there is a better way here. Seek Christ and God. And once they can acknowledge that, then there's actually somewhere you can go about like, hey, these are things that maybe you should stop doing. <laughs> oh, let's see. So right after all of that, verse 19 through 22, I have highlighted... Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, 
And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. So this I find interesting because behind the curtain in the most holy place of the temples and tabernacles or whatever, whatever they had, the priests, only, only like the high priest could go in there. Nobody else was supposed to go in there. So they had the, like, ultimate access to God, right? Yeah. I guess. Well, that's the way it worked, because we didn't have the Holy Spirit on us. Good point, yeah. But now, we have the Holy Spirit, so we all can go through the curtain, which is God's, or with Christ's body. His body was that curtain that opened for us to go through, that we can actually be with Christ, or with God now. We have... We have access to them all. So we don't have to do the whole weird temple situation or anything like that. We don't have to go to somebody else so that that person can speak to God on our behalf. People today, in certain groups, will still believe that that is something that still must be done to an extent. What still must be done? That you need to have a priest of some kind that you confess to. That they... Will then bring to God. Um, it's actually a very common thing, not necessarily in the churches we go to or that we surround, like, are part of, but that is still somewhat common, <laughs> and even in this country, right? That people believe that that's the way to go. Yep. Um, at least as far as I understand it, I could be misled on certain. Well. There's different groups even within those groups, too, so it's hard to say. But I just, <laughs> I know that it became extra silly during um, COVID because people weren't supposed to be in close proximity to each other. So then a person of somewhat of high authority said, well, during this time, you can bring your confessions directly to God. Which we can always do, I would argue. The Bible says we can, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I just think it's funny that well, well, during COVID, you could just you could just do it then. And now that COVID's done, we're back to. All right. I also had another giant highlight at the end of the chapter. Remember those earlier days. Oh, sorry. Starting in verse thirty-two. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, and, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Um, so yeah, this is just a really interesting section about just going through... Whatever trials are put upon you because of your faith, right? 
we're going to go through conflict and persecutions and things like that. People are going to mock you because you say you believe in God and all that stuff. But we can, when we push through that and strive, we're going to see light and recognize God's promise because he promises to be with us always, right? Right. So even through those those troubled times, he's with us. And that's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, overall, like it's like, oh hey, this it's kind of like a warning, this passage to me. But, like, some bad stuff could happen, or will likely happen. But it's mostly just a hopeful thing that we always have God, and we're going to see him more even when we go through some of those trials, Well, as long as we stay faithful. Right? Right. Right. Alright, well, let's move on to chapter 11. Highlighted verses 4 and 19. So, verses 4 and 19? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I have verse 3, so I'll go first. Because it comes right before four. It's perfect. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I just like that, like, we, just because we can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, it's, it's, go ahead. Okay, verse four. Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain, and God declared him righteous because of his offspring of faith. By his faith, Abel still speaks instruction to us today, even though he is long dead. Um, the reason I highlighted it, and also probably why I highlighted verse 19, is because they're just kind of cool with, like, how... Um, I also highlighted more, but I'm not going to read it all. But just how it's like faith is what made these people do great things. Or... Yeah. No, yeah. And that's what they're, like in verse 2, I think it says that's what the ancients were commended for is their faith. Um, and that's how we understand the universe is formed. And like we can't see it, and we have faith. Right? I think it's cool they have such like great faith. Yeah. And there's a lot of examples of faith throughout. Yeah, that's why I said I highlighted it more. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I, yeah, so this is a great section of Hebrews for sure. Um, oh. I, I highlighted uh, one of them, I think, uh, yeah, with Noah, uh, verse over seven. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, such as the flood, like, he didn't see the flood. There was no evidence of the flood, even. Mm -hmm. But he was told by someone trustworthy that it was coming, God. Um, and so in holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. So, like, he didn't necessarily condemn the world. Like, he's like, oh, you world, you are condemned. But, like, he was rescued with his family and they were all washed away. And so by, because he had faith, there is a distinction and therefore the rest of them are condemned. It's kind of like, oh, like... Well, see, so people did know. They knew that they could follow God. And it is now very apparent that these people could have done the same thing. And they chose not to. Therefore, condemned. Never choose not to follow God. Yeah. Otherwise you get swallowed by a whale. <laughs> Alright, you said you had 19 that you wanted to highlight? Uh, yeah. Abraham's faith made it logical to him that God could raise Isaac from the dead, and symbolically, that's exactly what happened. 
What's the word symbolically? I know what it means. Symbolically. Symbolically. I know what it, yeah, know what it okay. is. And yeah, stuff, sure. I just didn't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, that's fine. I think that uh, the reason I highlighted these two mainly is because um, they're the really cool and how it's like Abraham had faith in the only son that he wanted forever that God would raise him from the dead if that's Abraham knew like God had a plan, no matter. What. Yes, yeah. And this one's really cool to me too, because like with, for example, with, with, um, Isaac's birth, God did tell Abraham that it would happen. With Noah and the ark and the flood, God did tell Noah what was going to happen. With Isaac's sacrifice, God just told him to do it. Mm-hmm. He did not say what would happen. And still, Abraham acted out of faith and was like, well, God knows what he's doing. And he did promise me that I'd have plenty of descendants and everything, too, right? So, yep. <laughs> if this is what God wants, and if, God, if God's telling me to do this, then I know that he could just bring him back from the dead, This too. is probably going to be my application of more faith like Abraham. Yep. All right. Was there anything you wanted to draw out of this, Jade Fire? Uh, I have a highlight, yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, I have 26 through 28. He considered the re, uh, the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. And this also might be my application to have more faith like him. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Gotcha. Who is this about? I believe it's about Abraham. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure. Um... So Abraham was in Egypt, looking ahead to his reward, and uh, kept the Passover. When did the Passover come? No, out? not Abraham. What started the Passover? Uh, the plagues of Egypt. Yeah, what? Which plague specifically? The final plague. Which was the Passover of like so. No, it wasn't a Passover. That's not a plague. Oh. What was the plague? What was being done? Destroy of the firstborn, like... Yeah, destroy of the firstborn. The, all okay. the firstborn. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Okay, so you do know. Okay, so that's what they're talking about. So who was there during all that time? Don't... that You're looking. You're cheating. <laughs> um, was it Moses? Yes, Moses. Okay. He was the one in Egypt. And before that, it talks about how he even refused to be known as pharaoh's daughter because that's how he was raised right he was raised in yeah there so he yeah. could have been treated a lot better but he was willing to be treated mistreated for who he really was and so he kept the passover because by faith right it's like, wait a minute quick question sure so like imagine like so what if there was this family that was only had like adopted children and like the children were all adopted out of, like, a Christian family or something because the parents died. But they were adopted into 
a Egyptian family that did not okay be like that did not want the Passover. What would happen to them? Like would the first adopted would the first adopted be killed or what would happen? Didn't they adopt back then, I don't think. Well, they kinda in a way they did. Because Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. Yeah. I guess. Like it was not through the how we do adoption today. Yeah. But like she was he was a son without his parents anymore now because he was sent down the river and she took him and raised him. So that would be an adoption, essentially. Well, she didn't take him and raise him all the way. Like, his real mother raised him. She got to be involved. Yes. Yeah. It said firstborn, I think, so... I mean, I would think it'd be the first, like, born in every family. So you're saying that if a Christian family was adopted by an Egyptian family, so those that don't believe in Christ and therefore didn't put the lamb's blood over their door, when the firstborn destroyer angel or whatever showed up, would that firstborn of the Christian family die? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) Um, It is such a weird question. And because the Israelites lived, like, they were, like, the slaves and stuff that most likely are not being adopted into these Egyptian families. Now, if that's the case, though, again, I don't know the answer. They probably would It also probably depends on how old the firstborn is and if they have a relationship with Christ and all that stuff. Because God knows where they're going to end up. If he knows... That they're going, because they're now being raised by this Egyptian family, they're not going to be following God. Granted, by the way, they wouldn't have been Christians back then because Christ didn't die for people yet. They would have just been Israelites, followers of God. God's chosen people. But um, the term Christian wouldn't exist. (laughs) Um, But that individual, like, God knows their fate. And if they are saved or going to go to, if they're his people, it won't matter that they die, right? They're still going to be with him in the end. Because this world is passing away. We we don't need to cling to this world. Death is not as big of a deal as some might think it is. <laughs> like, our, when we, like, for us Christians anyway, because we get something to look of, forward to. That actually reminds me of one guy, like, he was afraid of dying because he, then he knew he'd be with Christ. And he wasn't afraid of living because, well, he would be able to continue preaching the word. And he's technically still with Christ. Because Christ is with us. God is with us. Good point. I can't remember his name, though. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Well. Is it, are you talking about something in the Bible? Sorry. Some, yeah, something in the Bible. Oh. Was it one of the letters? Did somebody write this in one of the letters? It might have been Paul, probably. I don't know. Because Paul does talk about... Yeah, it's probably Paul. Because <laughs> he's all about, like, yeah, I'm not afraid of dying. I will be with Christ. And, uh... While I'm here, I'm preaching the word. (laughs) Alright. I highlighted verse 39. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So they all believed in something better, 
and they had a promise of something coming, but they haven't actually received it yet because it's coming after Christ's sacrifice and us all being saved mm -hmm. and being together. So, I mean, they will get what's promised, but they just, even without having actually gotten there, they still live by that faith, right? Yep. So, like, Abraham was told he'd have descendants that outnumbered the stars, right? Right. But did he see that? No. No, he didn't. And who are his descendants? Well, they were the Israelites, but then they were also the new Israelites, basically. Those, God's extra chosen people. The ones that have... Extra chosen Well, basically people. the ones adopted into the family, which would be like the Gentiles. Us, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so those of us that weren't born under the lineage of um, Israel, Jacob, right? Mm -hmm. And became Israelites... All those people outside of that also got to be part of the family. <laughs> All right, let's move on to chapter 12. I highlighted verse 4 to start. Okay, well, why don't you go start then? After all, you have not yet reached the point of sweating blood in your option opposition to sin. Um, Are they saying that? Or, like, I don't understand why they're saying that. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Okay, so, he first, before that, he talks about how Christ endured the cross and death and everything from sinners. Mm -hmm. And is now sitting at the right hand of God in his glory, right? Okay. And he did this, like, he's, uh, the writer of Hebrews says... Consider him who faced that opposition from those sinners and what he had to go through so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Because in your struggle against sin, you have not even shed blood. Okay, You've I not see. been cut by it or killed by it. <laughs> okay. And Jesus has a great reward from doing all that. Okay. I also highlighted verse 16. Okay, well, I have... Uh, Six through twelve. I have five through six. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and have you forgotten the extra extranation uh, that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly dis the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and castes every son whom he receives. Chastens. Chastens, okay. Chastens every son whom he receives. Um, mainly, I don't exactly get how that addresses them as sons, but also, what does it mean by reproved? Um... Uh, let's see, mine says rebukes. That's what it means. Oh. Oh, okay. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Okay. So, just because he said, hey, you did something wrong. Do not be. Do not wilt like a flower or feel <laughs> sorry for yourself and be like, oh, he hates me now. Because he does it because he loves you. Right? It says he disciplines those he loves. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. I think that's a good message for people in this room. This might, <laughs> this might be an application for me because that, um, like for when I get disciplined, I know it's because you love me. Hmm. Yeah. And so I think this might be my application. Instead of hating me for it. Correct. I mean, I probably will still like be like. I right away but then like i'll be like wait that's my application i need to call him <laughs> he loves me he loves me he's doing this because um, he loves me this is hard because of what it and what what was your other question about the sun or being suns or whatever i don't exactly get how this assigns them as or addresses them as suns i mean i think i might get it with the last and chunk. what it says is have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son like this is oh he's a talking to them like a father oh. talks to a son that's what that means okay okay, okay. yeah okay plus, so yeah from another quote and i just like the quotes yeah so for me uh going off of six with the discipline the one he loves and chastens everyone he accepts as his son uh seven endure hardship as discipline and I talked about this earlier too, I think, or last week or something. But uh, just that, that we'll go through hardship, um, and it will help build us up, just like discipline does. So hardship is also like a discipline, right? Because discipline doesn't necessarily mean punishment. Discipline means to become disciplined in things, like to be better about doing those things, right? You become more like self-discipline, self you know, control, all that stuff. Like, to be disciplined is to do things even when you don't want to do them, right? To, mm-hmm. Right, okay. So, even, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? There are some, probably, and then they become spoiled. Um, if you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. So you want to be disciplined. Otherwise, you're not really his son or daughter, right? Because um, if he's not taking the time to discipline you and help you become better follower of Christ and him and more like him, then he obviously has nothing to do with you. Don't know. All right. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it, sometimes. Um, How much more should we submit to the Father of Spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. So like our fathers, or like me, to you, we do what we think is best, right? But we're not always right. God does know what is right, so he does it for our good always. Right? Right. Right. Um, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. (laughs) Because that's also a discipline, right? Exercising every day would be a discipline, right? But in, at first it sucks because you're maybe out of shape or whatever, and so it hurts and whatever. I like exercising. Some, well, you're not an old man like me. But uh, <laughs> but then once you get going, then it becomes easier and easier to do. Like when I train for the marathon, 
it was really rough. And the first time we had to do like 10 miles or whatever, I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> but then I got so used to it that like six miles, which used to be a lot to me because I would just do like three miles max, was easy. Like it wasn't, it, did, it hardly felt like a chore anymore. The only the only constraint there was like I might have need to do some other stuff and it takes time to run six miles. <laughs> well, that kind of reminds me. So like, um, so like running to a cor to the corner and back, um, used to be like exhausting for me, and that's like a quarter mile. Yep. And then um, well during summer school I was doing weightlifting. And I had to run a quarter mile again. And so, like, doing the running to the corner and back, it took me, like, maybe, like, 15 minutes or something. But then I, um, but then when I did the quarter mile during weightlifting, and this was on, like, the third week of weightlifting, um, I was able to do it in, like, five minutes only like because uh my teacher was time uh was timing us yeah that's awesome and yeah um that's also i mean this is not serious too biblical related at this point but like that is a good thing about exercising other things like running is good for getting that running down but you also it benefits you to actually um strengthen uh the rest of your body too and go through stamina training and all that stuff to be able to be better at the running as well like getting your legs stronger will make you faster at getting your running done ruby do you have another highlight yes where is it verse 16 all right i'll go before you make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness or to be holy without holiness no one will see the lord what verse Thir 14 14 so, it's just another one, like, we've covered this before, but I just always think that this is a very good thing for all of us to learn. Um, I think the three of us could definitely benefit in really taking this to heart more often. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And be holy, I mean, we should be holy too, but the main thing I'm focusing on is make every effort to live in peace with everyone. <laughs> Sometimes we really suck at that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, now you can do yours Okay, verse 16 Be careful that no one among you Lives in Immorality Becoming careless about God's blessings Like Esau who traded Away his rights As the firstborn for a simple Meal Um What does it mean like to be Careful, or what's Immorality Immorality means to not be moral. What's moral? Doing the right thing. Morals are the right thing. Morals... So then immorality is not being moral? Correct. Why doesn't it just say immoral? Huh? Why doesn't it just say immoral? Doesn't it say immoral? Well, immorality, but why is it there? Because morality and immorality are opposites. Moral and immoral are opposites. So it depends on how you're structuring your sentence. If you would be saying... 
morality or immorality or you know whatever i see okay well that's my last highlight for the because it's like it's like the difference between real and reality there are things that are real and that is reality right okay so there are things that are moral and living by the you know having morality um and to have a dictionary definition of morality principles concerning the distinction so principles having principles that concern the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior does that make sense uh-huh. and if you're immoral you're going the other way with that um okay yeah let's move on to the final chapter of hebrews verse two And show hospitality to strangers, for they may be angels from God showing up as your guests. I just think that's kind of cool. That's why I highlighted it. Like how oh. it's show hospitality. Hospitality. Yeah, hospitality to everyone, because it might be an angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a fun verse. I also highlighted the last verse, though. I have verse 6. I have verse 5 and 6. So I'll say 5 and you can continue with 6. Yeah. Alright. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we don't need to be obsessed with money and we should be content. Go ahead. I was actually just about to highlight 5 because <laughs> of that. But then I read the rest of it and like, Oh, that makes sense. Go ahead. Anywho... Verse 6, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Two things. The, two reasons I highlighted the verse. Um, It's because the first part is from a church song that we listen to in Sunday school. And then the second reason, I just thought it was a really good verse. Because, like, what can man men do to us? Like, the, the only... the the biggest thing they can do to us is kill us. And that's just sending us home. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's a very good thing to remember. This is why we don't need to fear anything except for God, right? Mm-hmm. Because Cause man we, can't do anything to us. They just send us home. And never will God leave us or forsake us. We just read in the verse before that. And this is why we can just be content with what we have. We don't need to be obsessed with money to the point that we're forsaking other people or even stealing, right? Right. Verse 9. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. So yeah, just do not be carried away by all kinds of other weird teachings people do, whether they claim it's biblical or not. Yeah. Because people have some weird ideas, and don't get carried away by them. That's why it's important to read your Bible over and over and over again, so that you know what it actually says, so that when people try to twist what it says, you know the truth. Um, the part where you said about, like, the strange things, like, people will say strange things. Yeah. Um, there are... That reminds me of, like, there's multiple ideas of, like, what happens when you die and go to, like, what happens to the people who go to the hell. Like, one idea is that you'll just burn up, turn to ash, and 
your spiritual body will also just be destroyed. The other way is that you're just going to be burnt, burned, 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 burned for the rest of eternity. Yep. Um, in either case, does it really change what we want to do? Um, no. Nope. Because <laughs> do you want to just die and then die? Yeah. Do you? Some people actually think or try to claim that it's like, well, no, hell's where all my friends are going to be. So, of course, that's where I want to hang out. That's where all the cool people would be. If it means being separated from Mr. Strict Rules teacher guy, sounds like a great place to me. Some people believe that. Or at least <gasps> will say it, they believe that. What? That's stupid! Yup. They don't quite understand what it means to be truly separated from God and how miserable that will be. Well, anyway, verse 15... You said you had one at the end, right, Ruby? Yep. Cool. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess, profess his name, in 16, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. So just we should be continuing to offer God a sacrifice of praise. We should always be praising him. Certainly not talking down about him, which would be stupid. But we should not just, we shouldn't just not talk about him either. We should always be praising him. Right? Right. And then also to always uh, share with others. Just a good moral message that many parents try to teach their children, but it's actually biblical. Share with others. <laughs> Alright, is Juby, or... All right, is Ruby next? Uh, yeah, that was my last highlight. Verse 25. Now may God's wonderful grace be poured out upon you all. Amen. I like that verse just because it's like full of love or whatever for... Mine only has six words. Not as many as hers. Mine only has five. (laughs) Yeesh. Mine says grace be with all of you. Mine says, grace be with you all. Mine has 12 words. Woo! Yeah, that's not uncommon with the passion. They like to extend with a lot of colorful things. Yes, you did. More than doubled me. (laughs) All right. Application time, guys. Hmm, All right. My application is to have better faith. Okay. Same here. That was not your application. I thought it was. You changed it. I did? Yeah, you said something just a little while ago. Not to be... About the... Oh, that not fear about what man can do to me? No. No. Um, about not hating people with a bunch of... Oh, I might... I actually have two applications. Having more faith and not being upset about... Discipline. Uh, being upset about discipline. Yeah, you should recognize that discipline is coming from love. Yep. So when you are like, oh, they hate me, think to yourself, it's like, no, they wouldn't do that unless they loved me. You actually told me that. Many a times. A ton. Many, many times. Now, because honestly, it would be easier sometimes to just leave you to your own devices <laughs> and just to ruin your life if you wanted to. <laughs> All right. I believe it's my turn to pray. Yes, I do. Oh, I, I, do too. I guess I didn't specify my application. Oh, no, you didn't give us an application at all. Are you? 
Well, that's because I'm perfect. I don't need to do anything different now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I think, yeah, I think the bigger highlights for me are, like, living at peace. And I know I've had this before, and multiple times, I think, and it's just something I need to continue to work on. Because it still is easy for me to sometimes even get into silly arguments and foolish things. So, uh, yeah, that's mine. All right. Oh, and contact information, I suppose, right before we close out. So, yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch with us or whatever, um, I know we're on Spotify and YouTube. So, on YouTube, at least you can leave comments. Um, and we also have an email now at hunterfieldmanor at gmail.com and just put Spirit Katana somewhere in the subject or whatever so that we can um, know what it's regards to. Um, thank you. Uh, now, let us pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your word and um, how much you, is it just that you're there with us and always beside us, that we do not have to fear anything, not even other people, because really, ultimately, whatever they do, they can't really do anything to us. It's all temporary. Um, because even if they were to kill us, we would just end up resurrected with Christ in you and um, just basking in your glory. Uh, and what a wonderful time that will be when that time comes um, and just uh, help us to recognize that when you bring hardship into our lives or allow it to happen it, it is a form of discipline it helps us to grow stronger if we do not crumble before it um, and as long as we uh, stick with you and keep recognizing that you're there with us uh, um, and help us to just always remember that you're there and you're taking care of us help us to have that faith in you um, and to not um, and because of all that we don't need to worry about what other people are thinking or doing necessarily um, at least to an extent um, and we don't need to be constantly in conflict with them we can be at peace with all those around us at least as far as it depends on us right so um, just help us to live at peace with people to be faithful and to accept your discipline and all discipline that comes to us that is meant to strengthen us um, in Jesus name Amen Amen, amen.